Welcome to Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast. I'm Megan Kerrigan and I'll be sharing ideas on how you can become a more consistent and confident dancer that understands your body and mind. Hi guys and welcome to another solar episode of Meg Talks, the Move with Meg Irish dance podcast. So today, what am I going to talk about? So I was having a little think about what you guys want to, white can't speak, might want to hear about. And I realized we sort of gave you an introduction into all of our team members by myself interviewing them. But what I didn't do was basically interview myself and tell you a little bit about my journey, how Move With Me began, and how or why I do what I do. Um, So that is what I'm going to talk about. Um, I will give you a little update towards the end about what's going on in Move Make at the moment, things that nobody knows about at the moment or nobody outside of our team has heard about yet. So if you want to find out about those, I suggest you stick around to the end. Um, So, Basically, I'm going to ask myself the questions that I asked to Aveen, Amy, Annabelle and Kyra when I did their interview. So I've got the the list of the questions here out in front of me and I'm going to ask them to myself, basically. This is what chatting to yourself looks like. So first things first, how did I become a Move With Meg Online coach? Well, this is a big story, I suppose. Well, it's not really. I was on tour with uh, Lord of the Dance and other Irish dancing shows, including Magic of the Dance, Sky Dance, loads of different shows from when I was 18 years old until around 24, I think it was 24 or 25. Um, So I left school straight after A-levels at 18 years old and went pretty much straight off on tour. Um, Two, I was so lucky. My first tour with Lord of the Dance was... Michael Flatley's return, which was incredible. Um, Lots of dancers, I realised this at the time, lots of dancers that had been in Lord of the Dance for long periods of time, years in fact, hadn't even had the opportunity to dance with Michael Flatley. And they still didn't get the opportunity because they had to be out in other troops. So I actually felt really grateful from the very get-go of being in the show to have such an incredible sort of opportunity. Obviously, being in the show itself is great, but being in Michael Flatley's return, we danced in some incredible arenas in the UK. So, like, family got to see me. It was just, honestly, insane experience. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And how that fell, um, timeline-wise for me, was just almost like it was written in the stars. Um, So, I didn't really have a plan for after-touring and at school, actually, one of my, my form teacher, she was my form teacher from year seven and she was Irish and she absolutely loved the fact that I was an Irish dancer and the fact that I was doing so well and she was following my journey and delighted, always asking how it was going, always wanting to know more about the competitions. Until that was, she was my form tutor in sixth form, which is like the last two years of kind of high school, college, before you head off to university. And as a teacher, 
Um, and I'm sure this obviously they want the best for you. But as a teacher, to her, Irish dance and professional Irish dance was not a career. I needed to have a career lined up. I needed to apply to uni. I knew I wasn't going to go to uni at this point, but I needed to apply to uni because I should have a real job. Irish dancing isn't going to serve me for life. All of these things were the things that were told to me at this age. And I'm really glad that they didn't get through because they clearly didn't because look at me now. But if we're constantly hearing that from around us, we can see why lots of people would not follow their heart or follow their passion. And and I know I'm one, I'm a, I'm a small number that does get the opportunity to fulfill my dream of working within Irish dance. But when I was leaving school and going into Lord of the Dance, this niche area of where my business is and where Moving Neg is now wasn't a thing. I was really passionate about Irish dancing, but I actually knew that I didn't want to be a dancing teacher from a very young age. Uh, it just wasn't for me. Um, I love teaching dancing, but being an Irish dancing teacher as my job, that just was never for me. I, my teachers tried to get me to do my teaching exam and I was like, no, no, they got, they got the message through in the end because they were like, right, let's stop asking now because she really isn't, we can't change her mind here. Everyone's saying, just have it, just do it to have it. I don't want to do it to have it. I don't want to teach. I don't need to do my exam. I'm fine, thanks. So that's kind of where I was at um, when I was leaving the leaving school to go to tour. So I toured and then I wanted to go to university then. I decided that I did want to go to university and I wanted to be a police officer. But I I know you can you could become a police officer in the UK without going to university. But I also wanted a degree. I wanted that experience of learning. Um, and I absolutely loved university. I think because I was at that age, I was 24. So I really dedicated myself to my studies. But I also was studying something I was so passionate and interested about. So I first applied for criminology and policing. So my degree was actually going to be um, have policing as a part of it. After the first year, I changed that from policing to security studies. So criminology and security studies, which was a bit more about um, so criminology side of things like the psychology of crime or like the way society is set up. Um, the way the criminal justice system runs, all different things like that, and the links to crime. And then the security side of things was more about like war crimes and foreign policy. So the way countries um, communicate with each other and uh, what is fair, what's not fair, what sanctions are and different things. It was so interesting. I absolutely loved it. And that was not a path I would ever see myself in. It was quite political, actually, a lot of the a lot of the um, security study side of things. And I absolutely loved it. Anyway, during all of this time while I was at university, I told you this was a long story. I wanted to do, I was going to the gym a lot because I missed obviously that side of fitness. I was constantly moving my body for all of my life. And then I got to this point where I had no desperate need, no competitions coming up, no shows. So I had no desperate need to be exercising, but my body craved it. It's mad how much I really miss that. 
So I was going to the gym quite a lot, pretty much every day. Um, and again, I think I had lots of time on my hands. So it was also a, a time filler too. Um, so I used to go off to the gym. I didn't really know what I was doing. So I thought, right, I want to I want to understand what I should be doing here a bit more. Um, so I, during the first summer of university, so my first like summer break, I did my PT course, my personal training course, my fitness instructing course. Um, so I was a qualified personal trainer. And then I started working in a private gym locally um, and was taken, um, I was taken under the wing of the owner who really, really molded me and, and helped me to grow. And I think that decision to go to work in a private gym was actually the best thing I ever did because I really, really learned from the owner. It was in his interest for me to be really good at my job and vice versa. Whereas if I went to um if I went to a bigger gym, so like some of the big chain gyms, you're kind of just let into the PT world like it's a bit dog eat dog. Like all the personal trainers in those big gyms are kind of fighting for the attention of people that are wanting to pay, pay a low ticket price for a gym membership. And then you're trying, you are basically a salesperson if you go into that. And I'm terrible at selling myself. If anybody knows me, they will know I struggle to sell myself. I struggle to sell something to people. I'm really passionate about what I do now. And I think that helps. And I really know 100% that what I am offering will make a difference. Like I can stand and say, I will make you better by your next competition. And I fully in my heart know that that is a fact. So I feel more confident to sell myself now because I've got the evidence to back it up. I was, I'm terrible at selling something like if you've got me, to, you know, I'm the apprentice, one of those programs where you're trying to sell something you know nothing about, I would be, I'd be telling them not to come. I sometimes watch these and it's like, you've got to sell tickets to this and then show them around, give them the tour. I watch that and I think I'd be telling them, oh, don't come. We don't really know what we're talking about. That would be me. I'd be the honest one that's actually turning business away because I know deep down that this isn't a good product. Um, so yeah, and then, so during this time when I was working as a PT, I then put on some summer camps for dancers in Birmingham to keep them busy, keep them fit over the summer holidays. And that was Move With Meg. That was the birth of Move With Meg. Um, my first ever workshop, I had two dancers turn up. Um, I'd booked a big studio. The two dancers, the price of the two dancers didn't even cover the price of the studio but I knew I had to just dive deep into this and go for it. If you don't go for it and if you don't book it and you wait for those sales to come through, you've got to believe that, that it will sell. You've got to believe you can't fully be ready for anything. So my first, um, yeah, ever I had Millie Preston and I had, um, Erin McPollen and the two girls and I worked them really hard and we had a great time. And then the next one I did was like the week after, I think then there was like eight or nine, and then the week after, and then by the next summer, we actually had like 30 people in these summer camps, which was great. So good. Fitness, fun. It made friends from other um, areas. So like from different dancing schools within our region come together. It was really nice. It was a really good period, but I didn't really see how I could 
how I could make that bigger. I didn't really see how I could make that reach. I was personal training a couple of dancers. Shout out to Mia Harris and Courtney Hayden. They were my first Irish dancing clients through the door. I offered out like free consultations, free initial assessments for Irish dancers um, specifically. And they were the two people that came to me. Um, so big shout out to those very special people to me, actually still now, very close friends. Um, and I'm still training Mia. She was actually here tonight at my house doing her uh, Move With Meg training. So yeah, really, really special people to me. They, again, I still didn't see how there was scope to reach more dancers. I thought I would always have to work in the regular personal training, regular gym world to allow myself to work a little bit with dancers. Um, and so that is where we're skipping a little bit forwards, but COVID came along. So in, in a little bit before COVID, I moved from, I did my bar course. So I did the bar training course, which changed my outlook on everything to do with fitness for Irish dance. Insane. The best course, the most insane instructor. She inspired me hugely. Vicky Amstey, her name is. She actually rode across the Pacific Ocean, I hope I've got that right, because I always say the wrong ocean, with a team of two other girls, three of them. Like, this woman just puts her mind to something and does it, but insane. I actually, she popped up earlier on my Instagram and I clicked on and I saw that she'd done high rocks and I was like, oh my God. But I felt really proud of her, but I also thought, I bet she found that easy <laughs> in comparison to everything she does. She is insane. So I did my bar course with her and she really inspired me. This woman had created her own business. She was passionate. She was in the best shape ever. She had a happy relationship, an incredible house. She seemed really like she had life sorted out. And I was like, I want to be like her. She is the one I want to be like. Um, so I went away from that and I was offered an opportunity to work at a different place that was like a wellness center and shout out to Rob. He was amazing. I was sort of in the growth and birth of that business. So from when it was just starting to be implemented as in like the build, not the build, but like the transition of the building um, to the marketing, to the actual like first people through the door. I was there for all of that, which was amazing. And also like, probably taught me, no, probably not probably, definitely taught me a lot about how to create a business or how to launch something or how to run a business. Um, so shout out to Rob and Simon and all of the Trywell team for that um, because I definitely learned from them. Then we hit lockdown. Um, so that was when, it was a week before the World Championships and I was like, oh my goodness, if that was me, a week before the world championships I just I couldn't stop thinking about the dancers they just wouldn't leave my brain because I knew that if that was me I would be pretty much broken and I know that sounds dramatic but to have worked I know how hard like I feel I always feel emotional talking about that because I can feel that emotion of that disappointment I didn't even experience it firsthand but I could feel it for the dancers. I really fully could. It's mad how like I can fully feel that emotion right now. I could cry. Um, so I really felt that. So I was like, right, what can I do? So I put on 
a live class and I just thought I'll commit to doing this to try to you know keep the fitness up literally not thinking I was going to be doing it for three months thinking I'll be doing it for a couple of weeks and then they'll all be back at dance class oh my gosh three months of a live workout every single day on Facebook with no intention genuinely no intention of this is going to really build me a business just the genuine honest intention of I want these dancers to stay Irish dancing and teachers started coming on there I remember Carol Scanlon was shouting out like people on there like making sure dancers were there I remember John John and Kathleen were getting involved like it was I, I absolutely loved it dancing teachers were then sending their kids or their dancers to come and join in um with those classes or those live um workouts that I was doing every single day Monday to Friday for three months um it was then that people started to ask do you do would you do a workshop for my school would you do um some one-to-ones would you do this would you do that and I kind of just said yes to everything and again it was lockdown so I didn't really charge I, don't, I can't even remember specifically when I did start to charge for those things but when I did it was like five pound a class like I, I really tried to keep the price in so low I know it was such a hard time for everyone so and I didn't need the money. I was living at home. It was it like when I say at home, I mean with my parents. So like I was very lucky in the position that I was in that I didn't have to worry about my income. Like I didn't have an income because my job was reliant on people paying me to personal train them. So I actually didn't have an income at all. I was claiming um my self-employment. Um income support from the government um but that was like hardly anything but didn't really matter because like I said I had no expenses I was living at home my parents were um both working essentially um so yeah very lucky in that department and that just meant that from there I said yes to everything and and move with make blossomed like it is I still have to pinch myself sometimes to think this is why I run a business with, I actually laugh, like I'm fully laughing now. I run a business with four other girls, like four, one, two, three, four. Yeah, still four other girls that like work, not they don't work for me, but work as part of my team. Like, wow, I, we're a team of five and growing, a reminder, I will tell you a bit more about that later. Quick cup of tea. So from what I do now, and so the next question, that was a very long-winded answer, but really it was a bigger answer compared to the other girls. You have to give me that. So from what you do now and what you have learned through experiences in the show and et cetera, what would you do differently if you could go back to competitive dancing? Now, this is going to sound like I am trying to sell you something, but if I knew how to stretch my body like I know now or how to manage my body like I do now, honestly, I'm a three-time world champion. I would have been so much better. Now, that's not me saying I would have won all the worlds, but what I'm saying is I would have been 
I can't actually explain to you. I know all of my own issues from when I was dancing. Like I wasn't naturally turned out. I had that slight bend in the knees that my dancing teacher, I think would have snapped my legs if she could have. Um, like that, you know, that slight bend in the knee where like I'm fully extending, but it looks like I've got bent knees. I had that. I couldn't do front clicks. I never, ever did a front click. But one time when an adjudicator actually made a comment to my teacher to say, Megan needs front clicks in her steps. Why has she not got any clicks in her steps? That's what she's missing. And my teacher said, because she can't do them. <laughs> and then she proceeded to put one in facing the back of the stage in a set dance. I remember dancing it at the British Nationals. Oh my goodness me. I couldn't do them. Like genuinely like hip height, no joke. That's how tight my body was. Um, yeah, I would have been a different dancer altogether. Like I would have had, I would have been able to do high clicks. I could do high clicks now at the age of 31, better than I could when I was 15 years old and a world champion Irish dancer. That is an outrageous statement, right? Is it or is it not? Um, turnout definitely would have been better. And I think my, I think I, mindset wise, I was a little bit ahead of the game. I was doing a lot of the things that I advise now or Annabelle talks to dancers a lot about now. I was doing those on my own without being taught them and on my own without realizing what I was doing. Like I was definitely meditating without even realizing. Um, I definitely had my set routines. Uh, I definitely knew what worked for me. And I was, I was confident in those routines. I was confident in the, like, if somebody tried to talk to me, I really need to be in the zone right now. I'll talk to you later. I was very confident with that's okay to do. And I talk to dancers a lot about that now. Um, people will respect you. If you are a bit short and sharp with them because you kind of don't want to be talking to them, like you are probably with your parents on fest day, like, mom, just quickly do that grip. Mom, I really need you to do this grip quick because I'm starting to stress out. Saying the same thing, but in a different way. And both of you are going to actually reap the rewards of that way more because mom will go, all right, okay, fair enough, I get it. And we'll be less snappy back and we'll not dig the grip into the top of your head like you might feel like if it was the other response. Um, or equally backstage, if someone's trying to have a chat with you, but you feel like you need to be in the zone, I would genuinely used to just be like, oh, really sorry, I'll chat to you after. I just need to be in my zone right now. That's fine. People respect that. People go, oh, she means business. That's it. They don't really think about it again. People um, and dancers that I've spoken to um, often feel like a little bit like that's being rude. It's really not. It's really not. How you say it is how you make it not rude. Um, so yeah, those are the things I would do definitely differently. I would um, see better understanding of my body. My parents were kind of, kind of doing this, but in a more injury related way. So instead of, so like I went and got orthotics for my shoes off the back of having a knee injury, not off the back of doing an assessment for my alignment, as in to know what to do before that even became an issue. So I feel like now we're at a point where we understand or 
our our business definitely but businesses within this industry and a lot more people within this industry and this um sport understand that this side of things and the movement and the mindset side of things is a lot more of a constant alongside dance class rather than a now I'm injured I seek help it's a I'm not going to be injured because I'm doing this um and I think that's where I definitely would have done something different and been a much better competitive Irish dancer um next question we're nearly there I promise uh what did Irish dance give you that you didn't get from other areas of your childhood so one myself and my brother talk about this and we laugh we are 13 months apart best friends like get on like a house on fire and kind of always have obviously at that age at that age gap there was a few scraps here and there um but we got we get on really well and did I think um what helped with that is we both actually went to different secondary schools and I think that really helped with our individual identities um, he was and is very intelligent. Um, I would go so far as to say the most intelligent person that I know, but I think that's because I know him in depth. So like I actually get to, I can see his brain ticking and I'm like, what are you thinking about now? It's amazing. Or if I have something that would take me five hours to solve, I go, Danny, can you just, and he's got the answer ready for me. Honestly, insane. Um, but we were kind of brought up not not directly by like mom and dad separately, but mom would take me to dancing, dad would take Danny to football. It was just the way it is. It's kind of natural. Football was my dad's thing, dancing was my mom's thing. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. Um, obviously, shout out to my dad, the best fesh father there ever was. Um and you will not be able to compete as much as I've seen some incredible fesh fathers out there. Um, Ender McIntyre, got to give you a shout out for that one. Um, yeah, amazing fesh fathers out there. But seriously, uh, my dad was class at that. So he wasn't just a, a, a football father. Um, but we laugh, me and my brother, at how different we are. And now we do have different personalities anyway and always have. But my drive and determination and pain threshold and ability to just get up and get on with it, no matter what, and um, mental resilience, like it takes a lot for me to be knocked um, in terms of like people telling me I can't do it. I will then make sure that I do it like we're so different in terms of that and that we believe a lot to do with our upbringings from two very different parents my dad's really calm would be patient and talk you through things mom's very much Irish background mother um come on get up you can get on with it have some I've got a headache mom have some water my legs falling off mom have some water very much that old school like get on with it and that comes through in my personality and has come through definitely but also I think dancing teaches that and yes there are good and bad things that come from that like I am 100% a workaholic right now but I think that is because I love my job as well as the fact that I'm so determined to help so many dancers I know that what we've got is good so it makes me work more 
But sometimes I need to have a little bit of a chat with myself and take a bit of downtime and a bit of time off. And this is what I I uh, need to start practicing what I preach in terms of I know that everybody loves Irish dancing. I know you love practicing at home. I know you love being at class. I know you love working out. I know you love doing your move with Meg. But sometimes there's a space and we need that space mentally and physically off so that we can love it again and be re-inspired. Um, so, yeah, I think Irish dance gave me a lot of those things, determination, grit, mental resilience, um, physical resilience, get up and go, drive, ambition, motivation. All of those things, I really do believe that Irish dance had a big part to play in. Who do I look up to? Now, this is a very big question. I've always said my inspiration within Irish dancing is Kira Sexton, still is to, to this day. I was actually speaking to her yesterday. She's insane. She's got 150 million things on all the time, yet she does them all really well. Now she's doing them and juggling being a mother and she's constantly got other people's best interest at the forefront of everything she does and I think that's like I used to be inspired by her as an Irish dancer like not saying that I'm not anymore she was my favorite Irish dancer to watch when I was on tour and she was doing bad girl on that Michael Flatley tour I was in the wing looking through the little peephole genuinely every single time she was on the stage but then being alongside her made me realize all of these other elements to her as well which made me more in awe of her as a person and as a dancer. Um, so yeah, I definitely look up to Kira Sexton. Um, there's lots of other people I look up to. I really look up to Anna Karna, who is now my business coach. Um, she's, I actually did a training with her a few years ago with Hayley J, uh, one of my friends that's also a dancer. Um, we did a social media training and this was like, I think I'd just started the Move With Meg page. I wasn't really doing this training for Move With Meg. I was doing it for Meaningful Meg, which is my poem page, um, which now I don't really do too much because I don't have time because Move With Meg took off so much. But yeah, I was doing the social media training for Meaningful Meg with this lady. Hayley had found her. Um, we went off. We did sort of a, a two to one. So she went through our, our accounts like told us some different things to change, told us some hints and tips as to how to be better at it. And this was like five years ago. It has to be like five years ago. That was what she was doing pre-COVID. Now she has grown to, like she has multiple businesses. She is insanely on top of everything. She's passionate. She has, like, I'm just in awe of this woman. And then she did a coaching thing last year where it was like, you pay a certain amount to do, like basically talk you through how to create a launch. So like launching a new product. And it just fell really nicely. I can't remember what we were launching. It fell really nicely in line with something I was doing at that moment with Move With Meg. So I thought, right, I'll hop on. I think it was 27 pounds, hop on and you get a free one-to-one. -one. Oh my goodness, I've never been so nervous in all my life. I nearly didn't book it. I nearly didn't book this free one-to-one -one because I was so scared that she wasn't going to be impressed with my business. I mean, how mad is that? Like asking for help sometimes is really scary because it means you have to like be vulnerable 
And one of my vulnerabilities and one of the things I really struggle with, and I think this is from being a successful young person, like really young when I was successful. And I don't know, maybe other people can relate to this. Um, I know Kyra has related to this slightly when we've had a conversation, but um, I struggle and have had to do a lot of work with the fact that you you can't be an insane success at everything. I used to not do things in case I wasn't good at them. So like I wouldn't try something new to the extent of being on holiday with my mom and dad. Me and my mom and dad went to Malaysia. We were in the jungle and the we were like looking at how like a, a traditional tribe would hunt their food and they gave us this blow dart where you blow through a tube and a dart comes out the end and you've got to have a go at shooting a teddy bear on top of a stick thing that was a certain distance away and I nearly didn't have a go like me and my mom nearly had an argument about this because I was like no no I don't want to have a go no honestly I don't want to have a go yeah, you all go mom's like have a go I was like I don't want to have a go I really did want to have a go, but I wanted to have a go when no one was looking so I could do it enough time so I know I could shoot the thing. So then I would go back and do it in front of everyone when I knew that I was good at it. Mad. But but I did take the shot and I did shoot the thing straight in the belly. So I was delighted. But the moral of the story is you can't be good at everything. You can't wait to be perfect until you ask for help or until you um, put something out there. So anyway, I was scared to book this one-to-one, finally booked the one-to-one. And during that, she sort of told me about this mastermind I'd had on my list for about six months last year that I wanted um, a business coach. Um, It was like the next step to like understanding how to be able to reach more dancers as a business. Um, I was hitting the point of burnout by doing so many one-to-one sessions because I'm passionate about working with so many people and improving so many dancers' um, competitive careers. But at the same time, like I was being hindered by this and then my delivery of sessions was being hindered. So anyway, she told me about this one-to-one coaching opportunity to be, to work with her for a year. And it was a huge investment, but I took it and it's been the best decision I ever made. We're five months in now. It's May. I've had four one-to-ones in that time, like the growth in the amount of people that we're reaching and the amount of messages that we're receiving to say, oh, I've improved like this much. My teacher just said that was the best I've ever danced. Like that is why we do this. But Anna... Kana, my business coach, I look up to her and even more so now because I'm seeing her expertise come through and help me help you, basically. Um, So, yeah. And then number five, the best advice anyone ever gave you. I love this piece of advice. I actually said it back to my dad the other day and he didn't realise that he told me this. Um. He said one time, and I can't remember what was going on at the time, but he said to me, if you don't, I think I must be moaning about something that was out of my control. He said to me, if you don't like it, change it. And if you can't change it, change your attitude. So I'll say that again. If you don't like it, change it. And if you can't change it, 
change your attitude. And that whole thing really, really sort of over, it's like the overarching way that I run my energy at the moment. Like so many things are out of our control. I used to waste so much energy being like angry or annoyed or like let the littlest things get to me. Genuinely the littlest things. Now I'm like, why? What a waste of energy. I could use that energy later, putting it into something positive. So yeah, I really love that. And yeah, like I say, dad didn't even realize that he was saying it to me clearly because it, I must've just been annoying him that day. Um, and then our quick, quick, um, quick fires. I'll blast them through. It's a, bit, it's a bit easier when I know what the questions are. But anyway, our last little part, favorite food is Thai food or anything Asian. Favorite color is blue. My favorite day of the week is Thursday, random. But on a Thursday, I have a lion, which is really good for me. And it's like my day to get on top of things. So I always feel really good at the end of a Thursday because it's like my admin day. So I usually wake up late or later than normal. So that's like seven for me. Have a cup of coffee in bed with some breakfast. I usually do a few emails from bed. Then I get up and go to the gym. And then when I come back from the gym, I... Every other week, have a sports massage because at the moment I'm training hard. Um, and then work solid on like just things that I can't get done when I'm also delivering one to ones or um, classes. So, yeah, that is my favorite day, Thursday. Favorite month. Oh, I love August because it's hopefully warm and holiday season. Everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's got a tan. Everyone invites you for barbecues. Everyone is happy. Um, favorite place in the world has to be wherever my family are. Don't have a favorite place because they are my favorite place. Um, my favorite Irish dance has to be, ooh, my favorite Irish dance is a slip jig or if it's to watch, it's a boy's reel. Oh my God, boy's reel. Talk about... Just going to throw this one out there with no context. Liam Costello's real at the world's Whoa. Um, Favourite person? Can't answer that. Although my mum probably won't listen to this. So I will say my cousin, Lily. Um, lots of you will know she's basically my sister. Might as well be. We're so close. Um, but also, oh my gosh, if Danny listens to this. My brother and Lily. Um, that's where I'm at. Okay. Quick update then on what's going on with Moving Leg. At the moment, this is going to be a little bit quick fire. I don't want to give you too much info. I'm going to give you a little snippet. No one knows this stuff. We have a Move With Meg physio coming on board. Someone that's going to be offering some expertise in terms of the general injuries we see. So within the Move With Meg Gold Club, we are now going to have like an injury corner. So if you are suffering with knee pain, plantar fasciitis, um, Achilles tendonitis, tight cough, like you can go to this physio corner and you can click on those things and there will be videos of exercises you need to do. You will understand the injury better and you will be able to sort of self-manage that. That is going to be in the Movie Made Gold Club very soon. It is work in progress at the moment. Also, we'll release who that physio is. A very exciting person, actually. Um, 
and a big first for the Movies Meg team. So yeah, that person will be being announced soon. We also have another person that's going to be coming on board to help with some delivery of classes over the summer while um, the team are having a bit of time off. So we've all got holidays booked. Um, we want to make sure that there's as little cancellations for classes as possible within the Gold Club, keeping you guys as consistent as we can throughout summer. And even while we're on our Move With Meg on tour, um, the Gold Club can still be running then with our new online coach getting involved to help teach those classes. That is two new bonds we need to be thinking about, two new humans that are being a part of the team. Um, other than that, of course, we have got the Move With Meg on tour coming to two venues in Ireland, Nina and just outside Dublin in, in Meath. So those dates are up and available to book right now, the 12th of July and the 13th of July. Book them now. They will sell out. There is a very, very limited number of VIP tickets. You want these, believe me, you'll get an extra goodie bag. Um, you get priority seating. You also get lunch with us, the team, lunch included, you have to bring lunch otherwise. So yeah, really, really definitely worthwhile taking a look at that. Head to the website or I'll pop the um, info in the show notes. And then finally, big announcement. This has not been said to anyone yet. So you, Move With Meg podcast listeners, are the first to hear it. If you are attending the British Nationals this year, Move With Meg on tour, the UK edition is, it's not on sale yet, but it is going to be the Tuesday. So the, the British Nationals is Saturday, Sunday, Monday. The Tuesday in the same venue as the Nationals on the Tuesday the 25th, I believe it is. I really hope I'm right now because that will be embarrassing. Of July at Bolton Wanderers um, in one of their suites where the British Nationals is. That is our only UK date. When that goes live, believe me, it will sell out. So you guys need to be quick. Um, so keep your eyes peeled. Like I say, not on sale yet. It will go on sale to the wait list first. So the wait list closed ages ago, and then it will go on sale to our general um, mailing list. So if you're not on our mailing list, go ahead, sign up to the mailing list. Now you can do that by the link in our Instagram bio. Um, so join the mailing list. Head and see our tickets for Moving My Gun Tour and join the Gold Club because we have got our physio coming on board. The Move With Meg Gold Club is going to be going off this summer. Oh, and finally, even more exciting news, we have got a five-day confidence challenge coming in the start of June. It's going to be live in the Gold Club. So again, you want to be in there for that. Believe me, we are going to transform your confidence over five days. We're going to give you tasks. We're going to see how you feel at the start and how you feel at the end. And we cannot wait to see and hear all about your progress. So... Can you hear how excited I get about all of that? Whoa. Hopefully you've learned a little bit, something new about me today. I would absolutely love to hear what you, what you found interesting, what you didn't know. Like DM me. I absolutely love hearing from you all. Please subscribe, like and subscribe, whatever you're listening to this on. So if it's Apple, Spotify, or if it is on our website, please head to Apple and Spotify and use those too. Um, they really make me happy when I see you guys subscribing because it just means that we reach more Irish dancers um, around the world. Remember, it's about being the best version of yourself rather than beating your 
people in your competition. Um, so remember that you are only trying to beat the previous versions of yourself that there are. With all that said, I wish you all a very happy day and I'll see you again very soon. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to Meg Talks. Don't forget to share your favourite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at movewithmeg with two Gs. And as a special treat, head to movewithmeg.co.uk forward slash Fesh Day Warm Up to access your free video. See you next time.